brands are based on repeated patterns of interaction with you. And if you have been consistently negative, if you have been consistently someone who does not show interest in new ideas, welcoming new people, welcoming challenging students, welcoming challenges, if you have met those head on with negativity, then their reactions to you are going to be less than pleasant. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change, and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom, and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. Hey there, Burned In Teachers, and welcome to episode 136 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. This episode is perfect for this time of year. I feel like I'm going to say that about all of these episodes, but this one in particular for mid-May, late May, when we are being challenged with so many things, um, behavior, deadlines, testing, all the things that cause us to probably not be our best selves, um, come out at this time of year. The weather here in Northeast Indiana has been very um, ugh, iffy, volatile, ups and downs. It's winter one day and summer the next. And that's also, if you can't tell by my voice as well, <clears throat> causing for some frustration, <laughs> at least in my world. And um So this episode aired in 2019, and it's going to explain to you the step of understand your teacher brand. And the reason I feel so strongly that this is going to be a great episode for this time of the year in 2022 is because I can't reiterate enough how important it is that we think carefully about how we're thinking, what we're believing, and how we are approaching the challenges that are to come our way every single day. So I'm not going to get too deep into it because you're definitely going to hear me talk about this in the episode. And before we dive into Understand Your Teacher Brand, I actually have a really great question from Ask BIT that I would like to start this episode with. Susan from San Jose, California is saying that she's moving from a middle school to an elementary setting. 
Um, that being said, this year has been really rough with her eighth grade reading intervention classes. She said, I want to end this year as positively as possible without stressing myself or the students out over their behavior, which again has been really rough over the course of the year. I'm out there looking for a stress management growth mindset journal or workbook. She said, how do I nip the panic in the bud? And how can I plan for a wonderful end of the year with these kiddos? They've been through so much and have missed so much. So what I quickly did, because where I first go, Susan, and anybody else who is also you know, feeling the panic, feeling the stress, feeling the negativity um, from how hard and stressful this time of year is, is I want to, first of all, invite you to the my free workshop that I'm leading on May 16th live, and there will be a replay. So if you go to burnandteacher.com slash workshop, you can register totally for free. And we're going to talk, tackle some of this stuff because I know that in the midst of the hardest of the hard times, the last thing that we want to talk about is ourselves and how we can do better at handling these challenges. And so in this workshop, it's all about healing through our burnout before this school is over, a school year is over, and the new one begins. Um, as I've said before in previous episodes, although I believe that we do need to completely shut it off and have weeks of rest and relaxation and enjoying the freedom of using our days however we want to, I really feel strongly also that it's a great time for us to prepare to do things differently. You know, I used to start each of my school years saying that I would do things differently, but I didn't do any of the work ahead of time during the summer to think about what truly challenged me, what I have control over, and what it is that I am going to do to move forward. So I'm going to go really deep in this workshop on some things that you can do right now before the school year is over, and of course during your summer to help to prepare you for a truly different experience because you have done different things to prepare you for that time. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash workshop. That's my, that's my first suggestion. The next thing that I would suggest you do is I wouldn't spend money on a growth mindset workbook or journal. I simply typed in a Google search, and I'm going to put the link that I that I came across here in the show notes. Um, but I, a couple of questions, just this is a list of 35 qu- growth mindset questions that you can ask. And I was smiling ear to ear as I was reading them because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is totally in line with what I encourage people that I work with, teachers that I work with in the mastermind to think about. And these are some questions that I ask inside of the Burned In Teacher University course. So I'm just going to read a couple of the questions here so that if you are being challenged with your negative mindset, and this episode is going to help you with that, here are a couple of questions that you could either reflect on or you could even journal on in your own notebook or composition book, whatever it is that, that works for you. So here are a couple of those questions. Number one is, what is my inner voice? What is their name and personality? What is my relationship with my inner voice? Do I like my inner voice or do I want them to change? This has to do (laughs) with self-talk. And I will tell you, 90% of the things that we say to ourselves are negative. It's innate in us. It is part of being a human, but we have to pay attention to it because we are not going to change any of our actions, any of our behavior if we don't work on this self-talk first. So this is a great question. The second question is, do I have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset? What will I do to improve my growth mindset? 
So, so mindset is something that I that I talk about and that I teach about inside of the Burned In Teacher University course. And if you've never heard of the book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, I definitely re- recommend that. I'll put a link um, to that book in the show notes as well. And it's interesting to me that I hear teachers and I myself teach a growth mindset to my students. However, we sometimes ourselves, um, lacking in self-awareness, don't think about our own need to adopt a growth mindset and what that would look like in our adult life. So really think about it. Are you telling yourselves, I could never, or I would never, or I'm I'm too old, or I'm too young, I've not been doing this long enough, or I've been doing this too long, I can't change, that kind of thing. If, if you're saying those things to yourself, you do have a fixed mindset, and I'm here to tell you that Adopting a growth mindset is difficult because you have to retrain your brain, but it is doable. And the fact that you're answer- that you're asking this question shows me that you really, truly want to create that growth mindset. The third question here is, what does the word, quote unquote, challenge mean? Do I welcome challenges or dread them? I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't have planned this intro and this episode better to match this Ask BIT question because this is everything. What does a challenge look like to you? And I could kind of align that too with what does burnout mean to you? Because in my experience and what I have done with my burnout challenges and the you know the challenges that I have on a day-to-day basis is I look at them as an opportunity to grow. I look at them as an opportunity to do things differently. Susan, I hope that that is helpful in getting you sort of on the path to changing your mindset. It sounds like you really want to do the work, but I just want you to know that you don't have to go out and buy a journal to do that. Just doing a simple Google search or using the link that I have provided for you can help a lot. Now, let's go ahead and dive into this episode all about understanding and changing our teacher brand. Burn on. Okay, so let's get started with the uh, meat and potatoes of this episode, which is understand your teacher brand, all right? So what we have to do if we're going to get ourselves out of burnout is we really need to brand ourselves in a way that projects positivity and gratitude. Now, don't shut this episode off. I know, especially you burned and over at teachers, you're like, what? I cannot be positive. There's too much negativity around me. Just hold on for a moment and and hear me out, okay? This is not going to be a long episode, but it is going to be very, very juicy. This is juicy meat and potatoes, okay? <laughs> All right, so when I first started to really pay attention to my reality back in 2014, I uh, started by diving into the self-help book pool, if you will, and I read the book Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Now, and it's a very thick book. And honestly, I didn't read the entire thing because a little bit of it became irrelevant to me in my specific situation. I felt like I got the um, the main gist of what it was that he was saying. And trust me, I really got it because I really implemented what he had taught me in the book. So I read this sentence and I want to share it with you. Simply by changing your habitual vocabulary the words you consistently use to describe the emotions in your life, you can instantaneously change how you think, how you feel, and how you live. And now this really builds nicely off of one of my favorite quotes by, and I'm gonna, I know I'm going to say this wrong, Lao Tzu. Okay, I think this is like an ancient proverb, right? Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. 
I mean, how powerful is that to really internalize that the way that we behave, the things that we think, the things that we say really do determine our future because it determines how we view things. It determines our mindset and our beliefs and why we were put on this earth. So with that being said, I want to talk about, first of all, what is a personal brand? Now, fortunately and unfortunately, if you Google personal brand, a lot of it really has to do with social media marketing and who you want to become known as, um, as a YouTuber or as an Instagram influencer, okay? Now, that is, but I don't know. It's it's kind of, I, I get it, and it does match what, you know, I'm going to talk to you today about personal brand, but in the same sense, it doesn't. Um, your personal brand is really comes down to, for me, how you take care of yourself, what you say, and how you behave. That's your personal brand. How you dress, how you take care of your hair, how you um, take care of your family, your house. It's uh, what you say, things that actually come out of your mouth or things that you say with your body language and how you behave, the way you treat others, the way you treat yourself, the way you treat your belongings. That's your personal brand in a nutshell. We could definitely go deeper into what it is. Now, I also want to say this. When I say how you dress and how you take care of your hair and how you present yourself that way, I'm not going to get into this, you know, belief that we're going to keep up with the Joneses here. That's not what taking care of yourself is. It's about showing pride in yourself. You know, you can be you. You can do you um, and be yourself, but it's not about trying to keep up with the trendiest, hippest teacher in your school or that person on Instagram that you actually look to as an influencer, okay? There is a difference between, you know, looking at someone as a mentor, someone who you want to model yourself model yourself after, and that person that you are constantly seeing in your life, you know, both virtually and, you know, in 3D, causing anxiety, feeling like you have to keep up with them. There's a clear difference there. So I want you to identify that if that's something that's happening in your life. Um, It can be as simple as an unfollow or you distancing yourself from that person if they are doing nothing but making you feel like you're not enough. If they are not inspiring you to do better and be better, they are not a good mentor for you. Okay. And now we are going to talk about your top five here in this episode but that's a little later. Okay, so now that you know what personal brand is, we're going to go a little bit deeper into the education piece of this, right? Okay, we of course are people. We have a personal brand. Uh, That could be our personal brand outside of education. But we also have a teacher brand, okay? A teacher brand is similar to a personal brand, but we're going to really kind of narrow and zoom this in on how it affects our reputation as a teacher, okay? It is your people, It is your presentation. It is your goals. That is your teacher brand, okay? It's about your people. So um, last month, we talked about beginning where you are, identifying your people. So if you, again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to episode 41 where I unpack begin where you are. So it, it is about your people. It's about how you present yourself in your classroom, Okay, so again, going back to personal brand versus teacher brand, you've got to think about your people, who you want to impact the most and how you are impacting them daily. What sort of influence are you having on them? 
Okay. So here's what I want to ask you. All right. When you turn the corner in your school and you happen upon a group of people talking, do they scatter or are they excited to welcome you into the conversation? All right. Before a school meeting or collaboration, are you the quote unquote last picked to sit with? All right. Um, are people excited to be around you? And, and I'm not asking you this to make you feel bad. And it's really certainly not most important for me that I am the first pick to sit with. However, what I'm asking you to think about is how have you projected your brand to your fellow colleagues and administration in the past? Because that's going to show with their reactions to you. You see, brands are based on repeated patterns of interaction with you. And if you have been consistently negative, if you have been consistently um, someone who does not show interest in new ideas, welcoming new people, welcoming challenging students, welcoming challenges, if you have met those head on with negativity, then their reactions to you are going to be less than pleasant back, okay? However, if you have in the past been someone who welcomes challenges, and I'm not saying that you're saying yes to everything, you're not being a people pleaser, but you have a consistent, positive, pleasant demeanor, even in the face of challenges that you seek solutions rather than venting, I've talked about this on the podcast before, then you're going to have different reactions from people when you walk around the corner or if someone else is upset, okay? Judgments and brand are not the same thing. All right, I'm going to say that again. Judgments and teacher brands or personal brands are not the same thing. Brands are based on repeated patterns of interaction. People can predict how you're going to behave. They're going to predict what you're going to say, they can make predictions on your reactions to things based on those past pre- those past reactions from you, those past patterns that you have shown. This episode is brought to you by Blinkist, my personal favorite way to listen to books in short blinks. Hear me out. It really is more knowledge in less time. What Blinkist does is it takes your favorite personal development, biographies, or autobiographies, and more, and boils them down into the most important points of the book. Blinkist is perfect for curious yet busy people, like us teachers, who love to learn yet don't have or make the time to sit down and read. This app offers a way for busy professionals to understand books and podcasts, in most cases, less than 15 minutes. I mean, how many times have you climbed into bed at the end of a busy day with a great book and the best of intentions, and before you make it to the third sentence, you're passing out? I've been there. I see you. (laughs) You can read or listen to books, find your next read based on your interests, and even take advantage of new shortcasts. These are key insights from popular podcasts, too. So if you want to be more knowledgeable, successful, a better parent, happier, or learn how to be your best self at work and in life, Blinkist is for you. This app is how I have listened to some of my favorite books like Atomic Habits, Think and Grow Rich, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and so many more books that I reference all the time in my daily life. 95% of Blinkist members read significantly more than before. 91% create better habits, 87% have more positive changes in their lives. And you know, that's what I'm all about. 
As a BIT podcast listener, you get a seven-day free trial of Blinkist. And believe me, when you begin using this app, you will never read books the same way again. Go to www.bit.ly slash bitblink7 to get seven days free from Blinkist, my favorite app for learning so I can take my next best step to becoming and staying my best self. That's bit.ly slash bitblink7. Burn on. The good news is here is that you can change your brand, okay? I want you to imagine uh, Miley Cyrus, right? How many different brands has she had over the years since, you know, 2000, what, 2006, right? Okay, my daughter is 18 when she used to watch Hannah Montana. That is a totally different brand than Miley Cyrus circa 2013. Am I right? All right, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it, <laughs> Okay. You can change your brand. In fact, Target went through a huge rebranding, okay? Products that we use, restaurants that we visit, they are brands as well, okay? So if you've only ever thought about brands as shoes, cereal, whatnot, people have brands too. They can definitely change if they notice that their sales are going down. So I guess the in, that sort of vision of what your personal brand is and how you can change that as a teacher That's possible as well. You can rebrand yourself. So if a company is rebranding itself because its sales are going down, you can rebrand yourself if you notice that people's interest in interacting with you is going down, okay? Again, this is not a popularity contest. This isn't about keeping up with the Joneses. It's about projecting positivity and gratitude to the world for all that we really have because we really have a lot to be grateful for, okay? Now, I also said that... Brands are different than judgments. So a judgment is based on a chance encounter, okay? So for example, imagine the way that you present yourself at school versus the way you present yourself, say, at um, the grocery store on an early Sunday morning. Um, I can tell you, if you met me there at the grocery store on an early Sunday morning versus meeting me at a workshop, you would have two different judgments of me, my friends. (laughs) The fact is, is I don't present myself at an early morning visit to the grocery store on a Sunday as I do to a workshop. But I can tell you, I consistently look more like what I do at a workshop and present myself there more consistently than the way that I present myself at the grocery store on an early Sunday morning. (laughs) So if that helps you to understand the difference, we can then move on to how it is that we can change our brand or begin building our brand as a teacher who projects positivity and gratitude. And of course, the fact that that you can still have goals as a teacher, okay? Believe it or not. And let me just get one thing straight here. If you're saying I'm just a teacher, I don't need a brand, I want you to stop using that language. Stop using that word just. It's not a necessary word. It is a word of defeat, okay? I'm just a teacher. You are a leader. You are the CEO of your classroom. Now, again, I don't want to see the eyes rolling, okay? You are a leader. Therefore, you have control over you, your brand, and sort of the the atmosphere of your classroom. No matter what's going on outside of it, you do control the culture 
of your classroom. I want you to think about teachers that students love and why they love them. Okay, it's because they have taken control over their classroom culture. They have taken control over their brand and they have projected it with with no shame. Okay, so let's move on to what it is that you can do to begin building a teacher brand or rebrand yourself as an educator. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is to create a personal mission statement. Now, last month when we talked about beginning where you are, I asked you to think of your core values, okay? Mine are compassion and empowerment, all right? And I hope to project those core values on you every single week when you tune into the podcast or you interact with me personally or, you know, I'm lucky enough to work with you and your school for a burned-in teacher workshop or Google-related workshops, whatever. I want to empower people to take action, all right? I want to show compassion for their struggles and their challenges because I've been there. I'm still there. I still have challenges every day. So I want to show compassion for those challenges. So a personal mission statement is pretty simple if you allow it to be. It's simply what you do, why you do it, and how you do it, okay? So who you serve, what you do to serve them, and how you serve them, and maybe even add in why. So it might sound something like this. If you're a kindergarten teacher, it might be, I create confident leaders in my students by teaching them ways to think for themselves, make decisions with independence, and choose kindness because their future depends on it. So your core values there. You're just interjecting your core values into your mission statement. So uh, maybe this kindergarten teacher's words of core values were confident, independence, or kindness. Okay. So mine is I encourage teacher self-empowerment by showing compassion to educators struggling with teacher burnout by empowering them with the knowledge, skills, and tools they need to take the next best steps in their careers and life in order to be happier, more fulfilled human beings, okay? That's my personal mission statement. Now, yours can be any number of different statements that match your personality, your goals, and the reason that you're doing what you're doing. The next thing I'm going to challenge you to do is to really dive into an analysis of how people describe you okay, versus how you want people to describe you. So with this step, I want you to write down up to 10 adjectives that you want people to use to describe you, okay? This could be personally, professionally, in any way. What are up to 10 adjectives? And hey, you know what? There are no rules. You can have more than 10 if you'd like. In my experience, people have trouble coming up with 10, (laughs) okay? So just write them down. Just do a brain dump of all of the words. You can even do a Google search. And just write down adjectives that you want to just wash over people's brains when they think of you or they see you come around the corner, okay? How would they describe you? And then here's the tough part. You've got to compare that to how they're actually describing you. So I've had some teachers create a Google form and send it out to their entire staff, I've had principals do this as well. And, or it could just be a a candid conversation. You sit down with a couple of your colleagues, your principal, and just say, hey, I'm working on my teacher brand. I need your opinion. How would you describe me on a normal day? What are, you know, three, five, 10 words you would use to describe me? And if your words are frustrated, stressed, frantic, um, anxious, scarcity, (laughs) okay, 
if people are using that, those words to describe you, then you know that you have some work to do because I doubt that that's exactly the words you want people to use when you come to mind. Because, you know, a brand is what people say, think, and believe about you when you're not around. And this is, again, this is different than gossip, but it's it's really about, again, how you have behaved in the past and what what patterns you have shown in in the past. Because really... You may not like this, but your brand is whatever people say it is, all right? It's not what you want it to be. It is what people say it is. And the good news is here, like I said earlier, you can change it if you don't like what it is now. Now, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to think about what I call your top five. Now, Jim Rohn has a really popular quote. You are the average of the five people you hang around with the most. And it is so true, my friends, so extremely true. Now, when you think about the five people that you are around with the most at school, there are incidental relationships that we have, ones that we don't choose, like our team teachers or our co-teachers, teachers that are down the hall from us. We cannot control that typically. We typically can't control who our administrators are, right? Unless you decide to make the choice to leave. But there are also intentional relationships, right? Just because people teach down the hall from us does not mean that we are married to having a, uh, a, a, a professional relationship with them that extends beyond our need to collaborate um, and, and whatnot. We can choose who we go to for advice, who we choose as a mentor. We can choose who we hang around with outside of school. You do not have to feel obligated to hang out with people who do not inspire you to be and do better outside of school, all right? You're not a bad person for being polite at school, being professional, and saying no thank you to hanging out outside of school if they are not someone who lifts you up, makes you feel confident, or who helps your blood pressure to go down if you are having a particularly rough go of things with a student or another colleague or a parent or, you know, the myriad of reasons that teachers are frustrated on a day-to-day basis. Your top five should be people who consistently offer you support and solutions for your struggles. They inspire you. They make you laugh. They make you want to come to work every day and not because they are swimming in a sea of negativity with you. They are people who are building their own boat, And they are floating on top, if not putting a motor on the back of this thing and getting the heck out of this ocean. (laughs) All right. You've got to break away from those toxic people. All right. You have to. It's not a choice. You have to build a wall between you in a respective way, in a respectful way, rather, that shows, again, you are a professional and that you can work with people who are not like you. All right, or maybe even don't like you. I've I've been in those situations before. But you are again projecting positivity and gratitude for the opportunity to work, okay, and to work with kids and to inspire the future generations. But that that's where that ends. That you are going to be associated with people who are also positive and grateful. Okay? So you may be asking, Amber. I have this circle of friends who they make me laugh, but not in a way that serves me or my people. Now, 
when you are, gosh, sever seems like a word that that might be a little harsh, but when you are, um, let's say evaporating the, <laughs> the line of connection between you and those, that negative group of teachers, um, you know, the teachers that hang out in the teacher's lounge and consistently gripe and moan about how terrible things are and how they're never going to get better. And if the government would do this, or if those parents wouldn't do this and all of that, you know, garbage, that's not going to change anything. You just simply don't show up in the same places. And when they ask why, just tell them, I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'm very busy working on some things with my class. You know, I made the conscious decision when I first started teaching that I wasn't going to hang out in the teacher's lounge. I had heard the nightmare stories of how teachers talk and behave. Um, Those are definitely not the people that I wanted my brand to be associated with. And at that point, I didn't even know what a brand was, you know, when it came to, you know, personal or teacher brand. But I'm so glad I didn't because number one, I decided that I was going to go to school to work. It was my job. I was getting paid to be there. Therefore, I was going to work during the times that I was allowed the time and the space to get my work done. And people knew it wasn't personal. I was very pleasant, very positive um, in in other places in the building when I was around. Um, But they also knew that, you know, Amber eats lunch in her room while she works. And and that's not being disrespectful of other people um, and other relationships. What it was respecting was me and my time and uh, the fact that I wasn't going to sit around and listen to people be miserable. I was going to listen to some calming music, get, you know, important work done so that at the end of the day, I could go home and be with my family. So before we jump into your main tips and takeaways and what action steps I want you to take today, I want you to know the difference between what a teacher brand is and what a teacher brand is not, okay? Teacher brand gives your people a mental image of your teaching when you aren't there to witness it, okay? When they're not around, they could predict what the culture of your classroom is by the way you behave outside of it and the way you talk about your people when they aren't there, There's a mind bender, right? People know what kind of teacher you are based on how you talk about your people, your students, your colleagues, your school, your profession when you aren't there or when they aren't there to see you in action, all right? It makes your teaching more memorable and recognizable. You know, there is a quote out there also that says, you know, people, this is Maya Angelou, people will forget what you told them. They will forget what um, you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And gosh, isn't that a great summarization of what a teacher brand is? It's how you make people feel when you are around them and how they predict that you would make your students feel when they aren't there to see it. It differentiates your teaching from other educators. This is your teaching special sauce, all right? And again, this is not comparing who's a better teacher. Am I enough? Am I not as good? That's not what this is about. It's about what makes you, you, all right? Here's what a teacher brand isn't. It isn't pressure to be the best and seeking gold stars of affirmation. All right, this is not about being a perfect best teacher. This isn't about winning awards. It's about just doing your thing every day and doing it well and with passion and gratitude, okay? It isn't a competition. It's a journey. So stop the negative self-talk and move forward with your brand with no shame, okay? It isn't about being Pinterest worthy or hashtag teachers of Instagram. That's not what this is about. This is about being there for your people, okay? 
And it's not about becoming someone you're not to impress people you don't like in a place you hate being. You know, something that has come to mind in the past few weeks as I've been working with more and more teachers in schools is, you know, there are two types of shame. There's the shame of a stage zero of burnout when you feel so miserable, so alone, so isolated, so frustrated that you're ashamed to talk to anybody about it because you don't want to be negative. All right. That's one type of shame. But let me tell you something else that's come to come to mind. There's also another kind of shame. When teachers are at a stage five or four of burn in, okay, if you know what I'm talking about, it's it's the success roadmap for, for my teachers I work with. Shout out to my burned in teacher tribe. It's There's a shame sometimes around being empowered, being activated, being focused, being proud of your journey. Some people get to that point and they're ashamed because Nobody else is feeling that way. They're all down in stage zero, stage one, where they're frustrated and negative. And you're at stage four or five thinking, yeah, I got this. I, I beat this for right now. You know, I'm, I know where I'm going. I know my goals. I know my story. I know my mission. And you're almost ashamed to share your excitement and your passion and your pride for where you are in your career. And teacher brand is about wearing that pride out loud. It's about sharing how excited you are to be in education. I know how popular it is to talk about how miserable teaching is. It's almost like if you say, I love my job. People look at you like you have three heads. Okay. I get it. Don't be ashamed. There are two sides of shame. Don't be either of them. Be proud of your teaching brand. Be proud of your people. Be proud of your profession. That all comes back to your thoughts, your actions, your beliefs, your character about what it is to be a teacher in today's world. So here's what I want you to do. Today, I want you to write a personal mission statement. I want you to write down who you serve, what you do to serve them, and why. Interject your core values into that personal mission statement. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to think about how people describe you. Have a tough, scary conversation with some people. You know, even go to those people that maybe shy away from you and say, hey, I'm working on my teacher brand. And they might, their ears might perk up. They might say, what is a teacher brand? (laughs) Then you can tell them. All right, we can start a movement here. And the last thing is, is I want you to think about who you hang around with the most. Do they inspire you? Do they empower you? Do they activate you to make necessary changes so that you can be a happier and more fulfilled human being? All right, so that's what I want you to do this week. And until next week, take a deep breath, my friends, because you just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.